Hey, welcome back to the Dream Big Play Bigger podcast. I'm your host, AJ Richards. Here on the show, we're going to explore the space between the dream or the vision and the action of what you want to accomplish and kind of what goes on in between that space, right? So we, a lot of us have these ideas, these goals, these things we want to accomplish, whether it's a business, whether it's um, improving our relationships, our health, maybe it's just going on a vacation, but we have these ideas that we think about constantly that kind of get, get us excited. And uh, then we find out that years later, maybe, we haven't even taken any action towards that. So what I want to do is discuss different ways that we can become aware of the thoughts that we're having that keep us from taking those actions. And um, today I want to talk to you guys about psychedelics. Crazy, I know. Never thought I'd be talking about psychedelics to anybody that I know, but um, it's something that has made a profound impact in my life. And I just want to open up right out the gates with my podcast that I've started with you guys just to really let you know who I am and my experiences that have brought me to where I am today. Um, today, I'm a coach. I have close to 40 clients. I work for Transform. I'm a weight loss, uh, a health coach for them. I say health coach, but really it's a transformation coach. We help people really get to the root of what's keeping them from living the healthy life that they want. And um, so I've got close to 40 clients that I'm really loving and serving and um, kind of uh, really growing as a person and a coach myself, right? Every time I have these these um, coaching sessions, uh, it's really interesting to see how much I learn for myself as I prepare and as I coach. And really, I think that's kind of the point is if my ego is inflated, then there's nothing for me to learn. But if I'm always, you know, I heard a saying, always a white belt. So if I'm always a white belt, then uh, I can learn from myself while coaching other people, uh, kind of tuning into what it is I'm sharing because the experiences that people bring to me will vary quite differently. Um, a lot of them can be some sort of a trauma, right? And trauma varies in different degrees. It, de- it varies based off of the person themselves. Um, so we can be talking about traumatic experiences that I've never had, but in that conversation, knowing what I uh, have discovered up to this point in my life, and I say that I do say that cautiously because I I genuinely work to keep myself in a space where I don't know anything, or I only know today what I know today, and tomorrow it will evolve, um, and that makes sure that I never find myself in a position where I'm not always learning and discovering from others. And so my clients, you know, I had a, I have a, a mentor from my past that always uh, said that his coaches were the people he worked with. And I kind of understood what he meant, but I never experienced it. And there's another level of understanding when you get to experience what it's like to be, be coached by your clients and really just always being present to the conversation and learning from those individual conversations as well. So anyway, I digress a little bit. Um, So in this episode, I want to talk about psychedelics right off the bat because it is so unique. It's, it's, uh, although it's becoming extremely common, finally, (laughs) uh, it's less demonized today than it certainly was 10 years ago even. 
And yet, even some of you listening to this podcast may have already made some decisions about me and my choices right off the bat, just bringing up the words. And I understand that, and I acknowledge you uh, and give you the right to have those feelings. And so this podcast, maybe it's not for you. That's okay. Um, But really, I just want to make sure that as you engage with me in in this podcast as you choose, you fully understand who I am and where I've come from and where some of my ways of being have been developed. So my first introduction to um, psychedelics was a friend of mine that's uh, pretty pretty well known in the fitness industry. Um, Mike Bledsoe used to run Barbell Shrugged and him and his team uh, did some incredible things with Barbell Shrugged. Now Mike's moved on to the Strong Coach, Strong Coach Summit. We, I just attended this last weekend. And one of the things I remember about Mike Bledsoe before I ever even considered psychedelics is that every major program he ever created came from his experience of something that he was considering, and then he basically took it to the plants and the plant medicine, the sacred plant medicine, and allowed his um, his subconscious mind. You know, he might explain it totally different, but the way I understand it, um, he allowed his subconscious mind to bring forward what his business or himself personally might need the most at the time, and then he went with it. And more times, more often than not, they turned out to be winners. (laughs) So anyway, as I was becoming curious and wanting to look into it more myself, I reached out to Mike and and started that conversation, and and while he ultimately – wasn't where I ended up getting having my first um, full experience. He definitely guided me and educated me on on where to get started. So, my first experience was with ayahuasca, um, and it was a private location here in the U.S. Um, sort of underground, if you will. There are locations and organizations that can facilitate these experiences in the U.S., and they do it under a church designation. There's a really incredible documentary called From Shock to Awe, where they take combat veterans through a a, a legal guided ayahuasca ceremony, and the, um, I was at the uh, special screening and got to hear the panel speak and even the people that had participated in the documentary, and it was incredible to see the healing of this gentleman and his wife that were combat veterans that went from driving down the road, expecting every little thing to blow up and noises to cause, you know, flinching and, and also the, the pharmaceutical drugs that have been prescribed, how they made them sort of catatonic. And uh, then to watch the full healing, the full recovery from PTSD um, almost completely in just a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies. So anyway, my experience, it was profound. You know, I, I, um, my first ayahuasca experience was three nights in a row. The first night was the worst night of my life. And and listen, if you're considering psychedelics, you'll go when you feel called to go. You should definitely not push it though. Psychedelics are not for everybody for sure. I say psychedelics, but really I'm referring to sacred plant medicine. Things like ayahuasca comes from the Peru jungle, um, things like uh, psilocybin, magic mushrooms. Um, those are the two that I've experienced and um, have had really incredible experiences from both of those. I do intend to experience more at some point as I can find the ability to do it um, safely, responsibly with, with trained shamans and uh, legally. 
and um, whether that means leaving the country or not, but um, it's they've all been really incredible. And there's other medicines out there like Iboga and San Pedro and peyote and um, you know almost every culture. What's interesting is as as I started looking into this more, discovering that every culture around the world in its history had some connection to some sacred plant medicine in their area or their region. And to have been a part of those, experienced those, to see the impact that they have on my life, it's certainly a tra- tragedy that uh, they've been vilified the way they have. It's it's not what I grew up being told, the D.A.R.E. program that we had as kids, you know, I'm 36 years old, um, vilified these things. And I get it. Look, it, it does need to be done responsibly. I've met people who, you know, I didn't start uh, experiencing psychedelics until my mid thirties. And I've met people who did experience them in college, um, and, or before like in high school, but they did it in the wrong set and setting. I say wrong. And yet that's for each individual, but most of the people that I've spoken to when they did it in a party scene, all of their experiences that I've ever heard, these are just people that have shared with me and yours might be different, but Every single person that shared their experience with me, they all lacked the impact that it could have had on their life moving it forward because it was a party. When it comes to psychedelics, set and setting is extremely important. The right intentions, what you're going in for, what are you wanting to get out of it, and then what's the environment can completely alter your experience with these with these medicines. And when I say medicine, you know, there's... I was listening to the book um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and he talks about uh, um, human being. He breaks down the word human being, and then you have the human that's the physical, the physical body, the flesh and the bone. And then you have the being, which is the the internal. It's who it, – um, I'm going to super simplify it because that's how I take things in. But it's like it's who you are without the body. It's your thoughts, your your – you know, if you and I are interacting and I walk away and you think about me, that's me. Who did I leave you with? How can I, who am, who's that person and how do I occur for you? And the healing, the medicine is in that, which coincidentally, having been a coach, both in the physical aspect, in the human aspect, and now the being aspect, right? Most of my coaching is done around the mind and the thoughts and the things we tell ourselves. We make bigger progress, better progress, healthier lives when we work on the being before the human. Now, they do go hand in hand, but in the world that I'm in right now where I'm coaching primarily weight loss, the weight loss comes when the being is balanced, when we've let go of trauma from the past or, or any ideas that we have about ourselves that are negative. That all gets healed in the being. It gets healed in the mind first, how we relate to ourselves, what we think about ourselves. It doesn't matter what it is. You can, be, you can have a really terrible relationship. That will still be healed in the healing of the being. And that's what these plant medicines do. Um, they will heal the physical too, but, but uh, my belief is that it heals the physical because the being is being healed. You'll, you'll see people like Dr. Joe Dispenza who are teaching these incredible seminars where through conscious um, meditation and quantum physics and all of this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have the right to be talking about what he teaches, although I understand it on a basic level. 
we're seeing physical transformation. People, you know, I watched a um, a uh, somebody was talking about their experience in his seminar. This guy was a skydiver, broke his back in Venezuela skydiving and walked around for a good portion of his life hunched over, physically hunched over because he had broken back in three areas. And through this meditation process, all of a sudden he is standing upright. Um, yeah, it does sound far-fetched. Totally get it. And if it works for this guy, who cares, right? If it is a placebo, which placebo anyway means the mind healing itself, not some external thing, then why are we not looking more into that? I do, and that's why I'm sharing this with you guys. So my first experience with uh, Mother Aya, night one was the worst night of my entire life. All I remember is pain and torture and darkness and suffering, literally rolling around on the ground, begging for mercy out loud and purging for about six hours, purging meaning vomiting. And sometimes the vomit was physical. You could see it. I know, lovely image, right? Sometimes though, it wasn't physical. It was spiritual, like, like emotional, like I would go to purge and I would feel this stuff coming out, but nothing was coming out physically except for this negative energy. The shaman came over to, um, he was praying or singing called the Ekados and he came over and he was praying over me and I thought he was going to come over and kind of tone down the singing and that's not the case. He came over and basically guided me through what I was experiencing. I can't for the life of you tell you uh, for the life of me, tell you what I was experiencing. I don't, I don't remember any images, um, thoughts, nothing um, of that first night. It was just pure misery. And when it was over, the other people in the, in the ceremony asked me if I was okay. And I honestly answered by saying, I don't know. <laughs> it was quite intense. Um, so anyway, I participated in ayahuasca ceremony three nights in a row. And uh, that was my first experience, and I didn't leave there really having much of an insight. However, the next week I was driving down the road, and all of a sudden I had this really clear memory of an experience that I did have. I just couldn't remember it. And that experience was how I show up for my wife in a certain way. In other words, I am an omega. This is another podcast episode I'll do breaking down um, alpha, beta, and omega. But an omega is somebody that will get their way in almost any environment. They'll adapt to the environment to get accomplished what they're wanting to accomplish. And in my home with my wife, I'm just a total outgoing go-getter and she's way more reserved and laid back. So I would talk circles around her if I wanted to do something until she would give in. And I had this memory of when I was participating in the ceremony, I became my wife. And I became my wife in this sort of circumstance where I became her. Now, physically, I knew I wasn't her. That's the thing about this medicine. I knew what I was experiencing wasn't real, but it felt real. So now I removed the rationalization out of it and I got to experience complete emotional feeling of what that's like. And here I was talking circles around me and I'm trying to say no and I keep getting rebuttals, keep getting rebuttals, keep getting rebuttals and I feel worthless. I feel like crap. I feel like there's no benefit for me to be in this relationship. Like I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. My opinion doesn't matter. And that feels really terrible. 
And so I reached out to my wife as soon as I had this flash memory. And I said, hey, here's my experience. And she's like, yep, welcome to what it's been like for me for the last, you know, 12, 13 years, however long it was by that time. And I felt profoundly apologetic because we had had conversations about this where she would express her frustrations. But when I felt it, that was a new level. So that was uh, my first experience with um, ayahuasca, and it only showed me love, empathy, understanding. None of all these scary thoughts that they tried to tell us in school. Now, ayahuasca was so unknown that they didn't talk about that, but then enter my experience with magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms was my first experience to see conversation happening between two people. I remember watching two people argue about God and their perception of God. And what was interesting in that experience while I was on mushrooms is watching these people kind of going back and forth and realizing they're both saying the same thing. There's this underlining belief in a higher power and a creator. But what was being missed was the empathy to understand each person had their own belief. And I was it was almost like I could see this conversation. And then I had an experience that was pretty cool. Before I even understood what epigenetics was, I saw epigenetics. Epigenetics is like how our ancestors from our past, and I know I'm probably, again, super simplifying this, but this is, I'm hoping with this podcast that I'm reaching people where you're at, because that's who I want to serve. Those of you who, like me, struggled with your job, your marriage, your relationships, and it's hard to find somebody who speaks that language. I was a roughneck in the oil fields. I worked wildland fighter, firefighter. I was a pest control operator spraying houses. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a well-educated man when it comes to, um, like, college, right? That's just not who I am, and I'm grateful for that. Because I can carry on a conversation with almost anybody, regardless of what their level of education is. And I had to have people meet me where I was at. So I'm simplifying this quite a bit. So if you're really into this stuff, just just uh, you know, bear with me as we go through this and we make it simple. And, and again, maybe this isn't the right podcast for you. But um, epigenetics is, the, is basically our ancestors, their experience of life and how it still affects us today and our thoughts and our memories. Uh, and um, how we approach things. So, for example, the Richards, in my opinion, or my experience of the Richards, is we are poor. Richards don't have money. And that gets carried on from generation to generation until it gets broken with an awareness that that, that isn't true or doesn't have to be true. So, uh, here I am watching two people pitch Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and at this time in my life, I was running Rush Club, and we were getting ready to sign a TV show contract deal with, with Eric Bischoff, who was the former president of the w, uh, WCW and then was the GM for WWE for a short stint. And he was ready to sign Rush Club for a TV show deal. And so I went on this journey specifically to get insight into how to handle this because I was nervous. It was a big opportunity, big deal, and big commitment. And I saw... The Rock at the head of a conference table being pitched by two people, one on each side of him. And they were talking to The Rock from their perspective of everything that mattered to them. And I could see behind each of these people 
their entire family lineage. And I knew that's what I was seeing because of the clothes that they were wearing. They were all wearing different clothes from a different era. And, you know, frankly, it was my trip. <laughs> so I knew what I was seeing. It was these people pitching the, the rock and they were coming at it from all of the fears, worries, and concerns of their history of their life. And uh, they were totally missing the boat in this pitch to him. Because what they didn't know or couldn't see was that that was also what Dwayne was bringing to the table. And if you know The Rock's story, Seven Bucks Productions is because he had $7 in his pocket. He had to work his butt off. He was broke. And so he has his own things from his past and his family's history that he's working on. Not that they're fears. Obviously, Dwayne is extremely successful, so he's overcome those. He's recognized that. But they were missing the point that – Unless they meet him where he was at and show how what they were up to could help him accomplish his goals, there would be no reason to have a deal. And so it was an interesting experience and taught me a lot about conversation. More recently, I had an experience with mushrooms on uh, about finances. Finances for me have always been a challenge. It's my relationship to money the energy that's around money. It's always been challenging for me, which is why I seem to never have any. <laughs> um, and, and that's evolving because I'm evolving my understanding. And so I had this experience where I went to put my canteen. It's simple. It's funny how these things work. I put my canteen on the ground. And as I was putting my canteen on the ground, my, my thoughts went to be, be courteous of this canteen because it cost you something. Canteen was maybe 10 bucks. I don't know. But it cost you something. And, I, and then all of a sudden, I found myself going through this path of self-discovery around finance. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did this cost me? It was like 10 bucks. That's no big deal. But 10 bucks cost me maybe half an hour of my time, half an hour of work. Well, my time is valuable to me. And I recognized that, but I had a disconnect, like this paper dollar or dollar bills or whatever, or the plastic card that I just swiped for things wasn't connected to the value of my time. I know you might be listening to this and that sounds crazy, but for me, that was my disconnect. And then I started thinking, okay, my time is my money. My time is more valuable than anything. So this canteen didn't cost me $10. This canteen cost me uh, 30 minutes of my time. And all of a sudden that connected some dots for me and was way more valuable than the cash itself. And then I thought even deeper, I would really like my wife to be a stay at home mom because she would like to. And by me excessively spending money without consideration, I'm sending a different message to her that I want her to work. Also sending a different message to myself, like I'm, it's a conflict. And so I've had many conversations around money, many, but something about plant medicine, opening up this path of more empathy to myself and, uh, and more visuals with a clearer understanding and, and really an experience that can't be denied in the right set and setting made a huge impact. So now I'm currently working on a project. We don't, I don't know if it'll get funded, but I'm working towards it with a group that um, what we want to do are, is to take veterans and or anybody suffering from severe PTSD to Costa Rica. And there's a resort down there called Rhythmia. And what we want to do is take this group of people 
through a ayahuasca week of ceremonies. There's like four ceremonies in the week and then meditation and breathing and so forth. Um, either Rhythmia or another location down there called Soltara. Ayahuasca is uh, recognized as a legal medicine down there. Matter of fact, there's an article that was released recently where there's a prison in Brazil that they are taking all of their prisoners through ayahuasca ceremonies for rehabilitation. And the results are, from what I'm reading, are pretty incredible. So we want to take these veterans down um, or anybody with PTSD, go through this ayahuasca ceremony and follow the journey because we have seen the results and the statistics of how powerful it is. Um, And so we'll see where that goes. Anyway, in closing this episode, I just want to, I just wanted to share with you all that that's part of who I am. Um, I have some strict, uh, strict rules for myself around exploring medicines and plant medicines and so forth. Um, And through this journey, I've had more growth and profound impact on my life that's then translated to my spirituality and my relationship with my family and my relationship with myself through these plant medicines, these sacred plant medicines that that um, through politics and somebody else trying to make money were vilified. Um, and I think when we look at how these plants came to be, it's hard to it's hard to argue. You know, when we talk about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a very specific combination of a vine and a leaf. The leaf has the active ingredient of MDMA, um, dimethyltryptamine, sorry, DMT, dimethyltryptamine that gets digested. If I'm screwing this up, I'm sorry. Still a novice, but you can do the research. But DMT is digested in the stomach, so it doesn't work. And when it's combined with this ayahuasca vine – and process, they basically boil it and it's the remnants of the boiled um, plant and vine gives you the experience, but it won't, you could chew on the leaf, nothing will happen. You could chew on the vine, nothing will happen. So then I ask myself, how in the world did somebody accidentally, thousands of years ago, happen upon this combination of plant, vine and plant, to get this experience, to have this breakthrough, this feeling of love and empathy and and insight into one's being. That isn't by accident. I just believe wholeheartedly for myself that um, these sacred medicines, they do what they do because we were meant to use them responsibly, responsibly to improve and grow our lives. Now, in my coaching practice, I certainly do not recommend psychedelics to um, hardly anybody uh, because you don't need it. It's a helpful tool. You can get to where you're going, though, through other practices like meditations and talk therapy and so forth. So not everybody needs it. Only those who desire it may look should look into it because um, it's not for everybody. And the idea of sometimes it's just the simple idea of purging and vomiting all night isn't something that's for you. Okay, no big deal. At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, Having my experiences have allowed me to be a better coach, to show up better for others, primarily because it's helping me in this format to clear my own space. When I coach people, I do it from a space of, I'm just a clearing. I'm almost like a mirror. When I work with somebody, they talk, I listen, 
I say back what I heard and some and and many times I say it back in a way for them to question their thoughts so they can see it differently and have better breakthroughs. I don't um it, it th- these are not my experiences that I'm sharing. I'm just I I've found, you know, what was interesting about that that experience that I had this last one with finances. I was really trying to get insight into how to be a better coach. I was sitting there asking, okay, show me what I need to know to be a better coach. Show me what I need to know to be a better coach. And I would even try to picture the people that I work with. And I had this block. It wouldn't, (laughs) the, the medicine wouldn't let me do the work for somebody else, essentially. I had to do the work for myself. And I've learned that the clearer that I become, the more of, more integrity I'm in, in my own life, the better I'm able to show up the more complete I'm able to show up for the people that rely on me to guide them and coach them. So of course, I didn't get an experience that had anything to do with uh, anything other than myself, coaching myself, because as I continue to grow, I'm better. I, I'm a better coach for the people I serve. And uh, so that was a good lesson for me as well there. So anyway, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a message. You can DM me, and I'm happy to answer them. Um, again, I'm not the expert. There's plenty of research you can do. You can look, look up an organization called maps.org. Um, they're doing a lot of the research that's federally funded right now to, to understand the impact on trauma that plant medicines have and so forth. And um, so, yeah, I just invite you to do some of your own research and check it out. But Thank you guys so much for joining me on today's esoteric episode, this deep dive into my experience with psychedelics and the impact they've had on me. And I look forward to being with you guys on our next episode. Thanks so much.